Welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Anthony. I am one of your hosts. Alongside me, I have Daniel. How are you, Daniel? Hello there. Hello. I'm good. <laughs> and I also have Shay. How are you, Shay? I'm doing great. Not as cheery as Daniel for some reason. I don't know why Daniel sounds like a character in a TV show right now, but I love it. I know. He what just do you out. mean? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> uh, how how uh, they, I know you guys recently just went to go watch a movie in the theaters. How was that experience? It was different. We uh, like I saw Kill Bill this week, and then Shane and I went to go see uh, SpongeBob Sponge on the Run, which we will talk about later on in what we've been watching. But it was it was it's a different experience going back. You know, like going into the theater. Uh, having like kind of just it's it's you always kind of feel like you're in the wrong place sometimes like did you feel like that too Shay like you you kind of walk into the theater and like you're you're looking around and you're like yeah we're here to uh to watch a movie is is that is that okay and then they just kind of look at your ticket and you're like yeah 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 just uh go down that way and avoid eye contact with me I felt like I was in a night of, the, night of the museum where, you know, everything was kind of closed or there weren't that many people inside and I wasn't supposed to be there. So it was, it was really interesting because we walked in and, uh, you know, they, they checked our tickets, but again, it was primarily dead on the inside um, with just a few staff members walking around. So I just kind of felt like, Oh, okay. Uh, this is, uh, this is unique, but uh, we do have a funny story about what happened. Uh, Daniel, oh, if, you wanna, if you want to tell it. Yeah, so I mean, this is the thing. Cineplex is doing a great job in terms of social distancing and timing out the different movies. So, like Shay said, when you're inside, there's not a lot of people there, and it's kind of designed that way. And I think it's a combination of one, maybe not a lot of people just being at the movies right now, but also two, um, just the the timing of them is different. So as Shay and I entered uh, our cinema to watch SpongeBob. Uh, a Cineplex employee came in and he said, hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Do you guys need any help? Just because we were just kind of standing at the bottom of the cinema looking up at all the empty seats. And me, uh, I chose my words very poorly in that moment. And <laughs> instead of saying, like, I'm just kind of like in awe of the empty seats, I decided to go with, yeah, we're good. I'm just we're just admiring the empty seats. And the manager, one of the managers of Cinebox kind of just looks at me and he's like, yeah, we're not. And I was just like, damn. oh, <laughs> damn, why would I say that? And it I was, felt so bad. It was a very, like, sad we're not. It wasn't like a like an aggressive or an angry one. No, like, not at tell, all. Not you at could all. tell there was, like, pain behind the tears. And, and I looked uh, at Daniel immediately. I'm like, why Why would you say that, man? Why were those words that <laughs> it was like, he was defeated, right? Oh, very yeah. defeated. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because it's just like, I wanted to be like, hey, I, I know Sarah. I'll call her. I'll apologize. I'm sorry. But it's like, oh, my God. Like, it hurt, man. Like, I, I just, in that moment... Uh, Cineplex manager, if you listen to this show, uh, I profusely apologize if you are a fan of our podcast and we're coming here to to get air. a reason why I said that, to clear the air. I just wanted to clear the air. It was not what I meant to say. I was just genuinely kind of in awe of the empty theater and just being in the theater. I was happy again, but it just came out all very wrong. Yeah. But the overall yeah. experience was good. 
Yeah, I mean, we were we are all masked up. We were our seats were socially distanced apart. I mean, it was a it was a later screening for at least for SpongeBob, so uh, not a lot of other people in the theater. Uh, for right. Kill Bill, it was just empty. Uh, but also, I mean, it's a 16 year old movie at this point. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. No, it was, it was nice. It was seamless. I felt safe. It felt. It smelled very like clean. Like it smelled clean. like chemical clean. But like like oh, this smells like they've done a lot of cleaning in here, uh, which is great. But smells yeah, like you know, I'm just. <laughs> why is my skin hurting no not at all uh i was just i'm just looking forward to like at this point it's like okay i've kind of shaken off that rust of being in the theater i've kind of gotten right. rid of those like jitters of being in the theater now i just kind of watch tenet just give me tenet yeah. right i was very what impressed about you, by, you know i was just gonna say i was very impressed by i guess the level of cleanliness that was in the theater and the and the overall just professionalism of everybody that was there because you know, the, the biggest fear that I had, like I said, was, you know, people not taking it seriously. And one of the things that was pretty much right off the bat, very clear was the managers were like, no, you, you have to sit in those seats. And then we had to bring up the fact that, okay, we couldn't purchase them together, but can we sit together? And that conversation, you know, went pretty smoothly, but there was a lot of definitely, uh, it was kind of like going to laser tag and then give you all the rules. So it was very cool how they kind of laid it all out for us. My only issue that I had there, and again, this is out of Cineplex's control, was I guess when you have a mask, it's definitely difficult to whisper in a theater. So uh, probably similar to what Anthony's experience was, there was a family at the front row that was yelling the loudest I think I've ever heard somebody yell in a closed <laughs> environment. At one point, I just didn't know if the movie was playing or if they were just talking. I didn't know what was happening because they were yelling so loud to each other. And I don't know why. I don't know why they couldn't just sit there and watch the movie, but they were yelling, I guess, through their masks to get each other's attention about. I have. I don't even know what the conversation was about. I was so annoyed by it. I honestly just think that maybe they were just so immersed in SpongeBob, they thought they were underwater, and they just thought that they had to yell louder because of the how how water works, right? So I guess that's, that's my fear kind of going forward to other movies that people won't be able to whisper anymore. So they're just going to yell right. through their masks, but right. we'll see right. what happens. Yeah. And hopefully like, have, like the rock like, talkies for them. Yeah. God. Just, uh, hey, uh, could you pass the popcorn? Uh, no, I'm, I'm hoping as well too. just what Shay was saying. Like it was nice being back in the theater and being like, Oh, people still talk. I'm just, I'm just hoping that like, people start don't start getting more laxed on etiquette in the theater. Like we've spoken about movie theater etiquette a lot on the show, uh, like pulling out phones, things like that. I mean, spoiler alert, your phone's even more noticeable when there's less people in the theater. Mm-hmm. So just try, especially now with the dis like being distant and stuff. Like just, if you're going to a movie now, one cool, but like if that's you've, you've been at home for five months. Why is now the time to take out your phone? Don't. Right, right. Yeah, I'm. I'm super glad you guys, you know, went, and not only once but twice in the same week. So mm. that's that's yeah. Uh, you took that risk twice. Yeah, you took that bullet. <laughs> how, how, we survived. <laughs> we survived. survived. We'll see in 14 days how we feel. But how are you feeling though, Anthony? How are how was your week? What has been going on with you? Um, my week has been uneventful really to tell you the truth it, it's just it's just gone by so quickly i haven't even like when we get to the, the watched like what we watched i didn't really watch a lot but um i did spend a lot of time outdoors um i got my bike all set up so 
uh, I'll, I've been riding my bike around town. Um, but yeah, delivering that newspaper. Yeah, I've been chucking the newspapers. It's just the the movie podcast newspaper to <laughs> we have one. It's the it's You guys have never seen a paper podcast before. <laughs> it's just our transcript of the podcast, very loosely converted pages. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay, get, uh, I also thought you were building the, uh, the, the oh, Lego, Lego set as well too, yeah. the, the Nintendo entertainment system. Yeah, that's, that's been, I started that yesterday and I'm, you know, I just finished the NES part. I got the controller all set up. It, I didn't know it was an actual like mechanical, um, NES where you could put this, the, the cartridge in and actually push down just like the NES. It makes the same sound, so which cool. is really, really cool. Uh, but there are some crazy cool hidden um, parts of that Lego. Um, like they actually have a, a level design inside the NES. So you could take the side off to see this little mini Super Mario level, like a hidden world type of thing where, you know, it's just paying paying homage to the, you know, Super Mario Brother game, which was really, really cool. I didn't notice that. I took a look at it. I'm like, what the, what, why am I building this? This has nothing to do with... <laughs> The structural, the structural, you know, build integrity, of, integrity this, of the system. Yes. <laughs> then I looked at him like, man, that looks like those are like the, you know, the the what are they called the the transport pods or whatever they're. The oh, pipes. like the pipes. pipes. Yeah, yeah. It's the. the uh, and yeah, it's cool. It's, it's supposed to be like World One Two, where like there's like the secret exit pipes. And it's right. like it's so cool that like they they thought to include that. In the in the side of the NES for people to see and and like you said pay homage to to that to that level of the game, yeah, amazing so, design work. So much detail. I've been doing a little bit of that, but let's move on to some show notes and then we'll get into our news and and our topic of the show, uh, which would probably be our predictions for DC fandom, which where we all have our own predictions of what we would like to see. Um, but as always, you can catch a new episode of the movie podcast every Monday across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to be part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, head over to thistimewith.com slash talk. Um, before we get into our announcements, we actually have a couple of mailbag questions. Shay, do you mind doing the sound effect for our mailbag? <clears throat> of course I do. Oh, wow. Mailbag. <laughs> Our first question comes from Lynn. Lynn asks, "What movie slash movies are your through the wall movies? As in, if you heard it through a wall, you know it too well." We'll start off with you, Daniel. What are your favorite through the wall <laughs> movies? I have a lot of movies that way, uh, like that. I have like that weird attachment to that you just hear like i know exactly what you're watching um the harry potter movies lord of the ring movies i would say like they're all ones that i'll instantly recognize um shay mentions this week school of rock that he like that he was telling me that he was watching i'm like yeah that's definitely one that if i hear it i'll be like i could start quoting this off to you for sure and another one that we've spoken a lot about on the show is the town um yeah there's a lot of movies with this but those ones i'll say the ones that are immediately come to mind right now that I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what they're going to say right now. What about you, Shay? Uh, for me, I'd, I'd probably say uh, Passion of the Christ because 
once I hear, yeah. you know, the old the old language, I'm like, oh, that can only be Passion the Christ. I thought you were going to say the old whip. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. I, I thought you were going to say the whip, too. <laughs> no, like, oh, no, 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 I would not say that. That's not me. Or is it? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, th- there's a funny game that, I don't know, not really much of a game, but every time Daniel and I are kind of together, we're watching TV or movies, um, when we're flipping through channels, Literally, there'll be a frame or two of a movie up and we'll immediately say what movie it is, even if we haven't seen it. So the Through the Wall game for me is a little bit too easy because I, mm-hmm. I just like Daniel, there's so many films minus School <laughs> Rock because I don't watch it that often. But there's movies like that, um, 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. Oh, I, can, yeah. I can hear them through the wall and I'll, I'll know exactly what you're watching. But there are a lot of films. I, I almost think that any film that I've really kind of seen more than once, I can probably know what it is through a wall. And even times where like you guys have messaged me uh, via video or FaceTime in terms of um, audio recordings, there'll be something playing in the background and immediately I'll be like, Oh, Anthony, are you watching this? And Daniel will do the same thing. And Anthony, you've done the same (laughs) thing as well. So we we know through any distance of film that we're watching. Guys, we should start a movie podcast. We should start a movie podcast. I actually posted uh, a through a wall uh, post on my feed this week, which was, you know, name me this movie. And it was a pretty violent scene. But if you've watched this movie or if you heard the song that plays for this movie, you know what movies, uh, what what movie it is. So, and we'll talk about the movie once I get to what I've been watching. But yeah, my through the wall, you know, The Matrix. Mm-hmm. I can recite, you know, every single line from that movie. I know which song is playing. Um, even The Matrix Reloaded with uh, Agent Smith's inevitability speech to uh, Neo. Mm-hmm. I can like because I've watched it so many times. I I just know. Okay, this is a part, Mister Anderson. Surprised to see me, and it just it, like you can just recite it, which is crazy. Lord of the Rings. I'm in the same boat. Um, the Godfather, because the Godfather, mm-hmm. you play plays that music, and they play oh, it yeah, so frequently. 100%. You just know, you just know. Um, but yeah, like I love when I hear a movie and I know what it is because just it it just reminds me of I'm a movie lover. Like I know this movie, I can name it right off the bat, even from a still, which uh, which I love doing. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it's 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 exactly true. We, we're movie lovers, so the smallest little bit of information that we can get about a film, even though we haven't seen the movie, we'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn, for your question. Um, our next question comes from Nate. Nate says, with the recent announcements of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot or Ren and Stimpy reboot, I would love to know if you could pick any television or movie property that hasn't seen a reboot reboot before and have it rebooted what would it be and where would it stream love the show as always guys and i'm rocking my the movie podcast pin Uh, thank you for your question nate let's start off with shay shay i know you love tv and you love like older tv you're i know you're a fan of fresh prince um what tv show would you want to be a lot of accusations there there's a lot of accusations. Well, you just I, just, I know you so well, so I'm just saying. <laughs> I know he knows you through the wall, Shay. He, he knows, knows you through the wall. wall. He knows my voice through the wall. Uh, you know, for me, I was thinking about this. Uh, this is a great question from Nate. Thank you again, as always. Uh, there's there's one show in particular that 
Daniel and I, for pretty much the whole time that I've known him, we have talked about rebooting into either a live action television or live action movie property. And Disney, if you're listening, please, please, please give us a chance because we have some great ideas. Uh, and that would be Recess. So Recess is just one of those shows that, you know, it's my through the wall show. I, I know every episode. I know every line. It's it's. I love that show so much, just along with Daniel. I, I know Anthony, uh, this show came out when you were 40, so you probably missed it. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Is he reversing <laughs> in time? Oh, I don't even know anymore. I don't know. Anthony's like Benjamin. I Bunch. watched Resets. Oh, yeah? Who's was, your favorite character? The chubby kid with the bread hat. What? <laughs> is TJ chubby, though? He kind of is. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a stocky boy. He's a, he's a stocky boy. All right, all right, all right. Okay, all right. Well, I don't know chubby, like, oh, like, I remember <laughs> they had like, you know. What are his stats? Do you not know his stats? Okay. Uh, but no, Recess is one of those shows that I, I would love to kind of, you know, go back and have it seen rebooted or redone again. So uh, that'd be great. Uh, another favorite show of mine that, you know, it's, I guess, more of a um, cult classic would be The Critic. And this was John Lovitz, and it was pretty much by the same producers and creators of The Simpsons. Uh, he was a recurring character on The Simpsons as well. And the critic basically followed the Jay Sherman, who is a critic for films, kind of like Roger Ebert and Richard Roper at that time. Or at that time, it was Roger Ebert and Siskel. Um, and basically, yes, they do parodies of films within the show that he's reviewing. And I... Again, as a film fan growing up, watching that show was hilarious. I think it only lasted about two seasons, but I'd love to see it come back, especially with all the new ways that movies are being made nowadays. Uh, and another one that I, I thought of as well was Bobby's World. I used to love this show growing oh, I love up. Bobby's World. You loved Bobby's World. I thought it was such a good show. Great show. Uh, it was really funny. And Harry Mandel, you know, with his curly locks. Great guy, loved like that was my introduction to him, right? So, uh, really loved that show, and that's one that's one of the ones that I thought of. There wasn't anything live action that I could really think of. Um, growing up, I used to watch a lot of Brady Bunch, uh, but I wouldn't want to see a reboot of that, for example. No, those movies were awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's that's a weird like TV show to watch as a kid, the Brady Bunch. I know. I don't know what it was. I think that's An what I thought. Show, right? right? I think that's what I thought. White people were. So when I was coming to Canada, I wanted to really know. Okay, <laughs> this is what I gotta get used to. Everyone's got like seven brothers and sisters. Let's do this. So, All right. Yeah. It didn't what work out. You, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's what I thought Americans were like for sure. I'm like, this is this is an American family. Uh, no, it's it's interesting that Fresh Prince is getting the, the reboot, especially because it's being based off of that you that viral YouTube video that went around last year that we were actually talking about on the podcast last summer. So it's crazy to see kind of come full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, Recess was was my answer as well too. Obviously, there was another great Disney show that I absolutely loved called The Weekenders, which I thought was just such a great and simple concept for a show. Um, that would work. It, it's hard because so many shows now have gotten like spiritual successors or reboots. Like, if you, like I like Full House was a big show that I watched growing up. Boy Meets World was another show that I watched growing up. Both of them have gotten sequel series. Right. Uh, obviously, not as great as the original series. It could also be because like you grow up with something that's it. Kind of like you feel like that's the only version that it could be. But um, I would definitely say the weekenders would be like a dope one to have, whether it be in live action or in animated form. 
um it'd be a really cool show and i'm hoping that it eventually comes to disney plus soon because it's oh uh, my god it's like the show that i'm just i'm just waiting for they say it's coming but just drop it you know um anthony what about yourself it's it's pretty difficult to tell you the truth because i'm i'm not a big fan of remakes like i don't like watching a remade show in sure. modern times just because that show was perfect and at mm. that time right um and to tell you the truth i don't have a lot I would want remade. I to, to, I would want more twenty four. I don't know if you have to remake twenty four, but I would love to see more twenty four, and maybe a different uh, you know Jack Bauer version or a younger Jack Bauer. That would be cool. But I I definitely thought of twenty four as well. But then they've had Me too. you know that spinoff twenty four Legacy. I think so. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't think it made it lasted more than one season, right? Or an episode, even I don't even know. Yeah, right. and then we had the like the we had the the I guess the sequel series to was it Live Another Day or whatever the yeah. Bond name that that show had. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That kind of came out and it, and it fizzled. Yeah, there's also um, Who's the Boss? I was reading that Who's the Boss is getting yeah. a remake with right. Tony Danza and Alyssa Milano. And I'm thinking, yeah, I love who the, who's the boss because that, that was my show after school. Like I would watch uh, Full House, uh, Step by Step, and then Who's the Boss. And I'm like, would I watch that now? Probably not. I probably wouldn't watch. Like it's, I want more original content. I don't want to relive my past life. For Fresh Prince, I think That's such a deep way of looking at it, man. Damn, right. <laughs> I don't want to live my past life. I'm too busy living my present. Why also, I, I don't know why he's Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> um, no, the when I saw the Fresh Prince, like when I watched Fresh Prince, it ended so abruptly because you could see, you know, Will Smith taking control of Hollywood, and he was going to become this huge star. Oh, and for it sure, so awful. It was like oh, yeah. the last season was so bad it's rough um, let's just throw everything at the wall you know ashley's a famous singer now uh yeah. they're both moving to new york carlton is doing like everyone was just doing such crazy things you're just like okay it, it, yeah I it guess, makes sense i guess i'll end yeah, yeah. but yeah. i love i love the show to death but there's a lot of weird story choices in that show mm-hmm. and i don't want this show to be a dramatic version of fresh prince because it should be a comedy right right sure i mean it's called the fresh prince <laughs> It's it's interesting they're taking a dark and gritty tone with it. Again, I I know that that YouTube video was awesome. Was, like they did such a great job with dramatic. it. But it's like it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're going to take the Fresh Prince, but why does it have to be the Fresh Prince? Why can't it just be another show that Will Smith is working on and like call it something else? Like is it going to be in that same world? Like is it going to be another telling of will growing up in like South Philly before he comes to Bel Air. Like there's, there's a lot of questions mm-hmm. that, that you kind of wonder what's going to come along with this. Um, and it's like, it, it's, there's also kind of the side of me that's like, Oh man, I'd, I'd love some positivity right now in the world. Not to say right. that we can't have dark things either, but it's also just like, man, like this is, this is heavy, you know, like, am I going to want to watch this? Right. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what it, when it comes out and what it looks like. But again, thank you, Nate, for your question. Uh, we're going to move on to our announcements, um, our commentary tracks. So please uh, take a look on our movie podcast feed, Game Night, Sicario, and Spider-Man. 
all available to listen. You can also catch up on our How Movie Theaters Are Reopening Safely with Sarah Van Lang episode, our Black Lives Matter episode, our Zack Snyder Justice League Snyder Cut coming to HBO Max in 2021, and interview with Kevin Lima, director of a goofy movie, Tarzan, and Enchanted, and more. You can also listen to Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast. And on our socials this week, we are starting a movie bracket. We're trying to figure out the most quotable movies of all time, and we need your help. Check out the, at this time, with the Instagram... Sorry, let me say that again. Check out the (laughs) at this time with Instagram story every Wednesday to vote on which movie you want to move forward. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and join our Discord. Check out the show notes for all of those links. Um, Daniel, do you want to just kind of give an idea of how um, this time with Instagram stories are going to be playing out? Sure. So uh, I know a couple months ago, Anthony, you came to us. You're like, we should do a bracket because we were seeing on socials that kind of brackets were coming all over the place. You may be wondering, what are they talking about brackets? We're basically doing like a a playoff format of movies going head to head against one another. And they're going to move through the ranks. Whatever movie wins, movies win this week. They'll be competing again against uh, winners of other weeks to try and find the ultimate most quotable movie of all time. Uh, Shay last week was talking to us about like saying like, yeah, let's do this. Let's I'm, let's make some clips for this. Let's get this going. And I'm really excited to get this up and running because one, we get to engage with you more and kind of get a gauge on what you guys are thinking. But two, it just it would be cool to know what movie is going to reign supreme and uh, <laughs> what movie what movie are going to leave us angry that they didn't win. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at this time with also follow us on our personal feeds as well too because we will be promoting it like crazy so look forward to that shay any thoughts from you no I, i'm very excited to kind of get this started because uh i love quotable films i love quoting movies i'm sure we all do anthony loves quoting the matrix to us and it always confuses us but you know what <laughs> you know life goes on uh, but i would love vis-a-vis <laughs> uh, but yes i would i would love for everyone to kind of you know chime in and let us know on our instagram story at this time with what movies they think are you know the most quotable and hopefully within the next few weeks we can kind of get to that answer so we'll all be coming with our own films and then maybe in the next bracket that we create we can get some outsider input from you guys mm-hmm. Ooh, very cool let's move on to the news ready guys let's do it I thought you were gonna. I, I thought you were gonna like. I thought you were gonna like teed up for us. Can we? Can we and let then, the audience know what we're doing next week? Because next week we are actually going to be live recording with each other for the first time in forty-two years. And, <laughs> it uh, feels like it. We are going to get that do 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 right. I feel like we'll still get we, it wrong for some reason. I hope I hope I'm we, wrong though. Now you've set that expectation. We have to get it right next week. Yeah. Um, yes. If we if we don't, then we will do it until we do. So the audience knows no different. Okay. I let's, mean, what? Let's <laughs> get into first news story. Mr. Eyebrows, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> are, are you talking about me? <laughs> and Daniel. Martin Scorsese. And Daniel, no. Martin Scorsese makes Apple's first look film and television deal for his Seclia. I want to say Seclia or Seclia? 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 Seclia. Yeah. 
I'm gonna say Sikael. Okay, we'll start with we'll say Sikael. I mean, you also say Thanos yeah. or Thanos, whatever. So Sikalia production banner. So this is coming from Justin Kroll and Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline. So two and one half months after it stepped up to becoming the producers of Killers of the Flower Moon, Apple has inked a first look deal with its director Martin Scorsese. The master filmmaker will base his. Seclia Productions banner at Apple in a multi-year deal for film and television projects. Scorsese will produce and direct for Apple TV+. The relationship kicks off with The Killers of the Flower Moon, which Apple won at auction for $180 million. Birthed for years at Paramount, in 2015, the studio extended the deal for four years. Seclia Productions was established by Oscar-winning Scorsese in 2003. Apple adds Seclia to the first look deals made with Appian Way's Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Davison for TV and feature documentary, Idris Alba's Green Door Pictures, Ridley Scott's Scott Free Productions, A24 and Imagine Documentaries, and Kids and Kid Programming Factories, Sesame Workshop, and Peanuts. So this is another huge, um, we'll say, uh, I guess, a Acquireship of a studio that makes fantastic movies, and you know Martin Scorsese being the the helmer of that studio. Um, what do you what Che? What do you think of Martin being signed up for his first look deal? I think it's I think it's awesome. I think though that we're at a point now with film and television that I never wanted to get to. And that's something that's very prominent in the video game community, which is almost this, these exclusive rights. Uh, in video games, I think it works because, you know, you know, you have two different consoles or three different consoles, whatever you're trying to play games on each one of them. And you want to get that, you know, viewership there. But when it comes to movies, uh, especially movies, since I love watching them in theaters, this kind of hurts that now movies are showing up maybe only on a specific platform. So it's creating a lot more of a dent in my wallet because then I'm subscribing to a lot more, you know, movie subscription services. But in terms of Martin and this deal, uh, I think there's no other, you know, company really that would give Martin as much money and resources as Apple. So it, it makes sense. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, I, I agree with the sense that like, yeah, no one's going to back Apple no one's going to back Martin Scorsese more than Apple, I would say. And, you know, Martin has a history of working on Apple campaigns and being in different Apple commercials and things like that as well, too. Um, throughout the last few years, um, I was here. I think it's pronounced Cyclia, Cyclia Productions. Cyclia. Um, Cyclia. But, you know, I think this is a great move. And, I mean, the nice thing about these type of exclusivity and first look deals that we don't get that where I feel like the video game p- comparison is not as, not as deep as that th- the buy-in to this is a lot cheaper than like, right. let's say buying a console. Right. So it's like Apple TV is what six ninety nine. Like if you just want to go in and check out what's there six ninety nine, or if you've purchased an iPhone this year or any Apple product, you'll have it, which is great. Um, you're kind of looking at the, the productions that Cyclia productions has done like with Marty, like, Uncut Gems, Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, uh, Shutter Island, like a lot of obviously movies that Scorsese has directed too. But like you look at Uncut Gems, which was a huge deal uh, last year with Adam Sandler and g- having it on Netflix. Um, this, this is a huge get 
for uh, for Apple, especially because Scorsese works on a lot of documentaries, which are fantastic. Um, this is this is going to be a big deal, and again, this is like Thanos, you know, collecting another uh, gem in his gauntlet. Like this is a huge acquisition. Like, and Anthony, you just listed off the big names. Like Leo's already there for his first look TV deals and documentaries. Idris Elba, Ridley Scott. Like, there's some big names that are signing on Apple. And it just makes me feel better as a subscriber of the service, knowing that, hey, you know what? Big content is coming. And deals like this um, make me curious to see what it's going to look like on the film release side. Because we know Apple still plans on releasing movies in theaters, but you know we haven't really gotten to see that yet because COVID hit. The Banker was supposed to be, I guess, the first one that they did in theaters, and it just ended up just going right to Apple TV. Um, I'm curious what the future of that will look like, but I'm mm-hmm. excited for this. Mm-hmm. One thing that um, got my attention, and maybe it wasn't communicated when we announced it before, um, was Appian Way's um, deal, which we thought would be film and television, but it looks like it's going to just be um, TV and future documentaries. And this is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's... Um, production house or studio that will be making right. content for Apple. So that's another interesting conversation because I was under the impression that Killers of the Flower Moon was an Appian Way film, but his first look deals are not film related. They are TV and documentary related content right. for Apple uh, TV+. Plus. Right. And I think it's important also to note that, you know, first look deals just mean that Apple now gets literally the first look at something Martin is working on. So they could either say, yes, we'll develop that or they could pass it. Um, this week, which I, which we were talking about to, to your point, Anthony, Leonardo DiCaprio has a deal now with Sony for Appian Way films at Sony. But at the end of the day, Sony could still say no and, he may go to Apple or Sony could still produce this movie and make an arrangement with Apple to distribute it on Apple TV plus. So Mm -hmm. even though these deals are like kind of in play with other studios, these studios may decide to distribute it in other means. So it's a very weird time. It's a very, Mm -hmm. very weird time. But the nice thing is though, it just means more content and movies and shows for us. Let's move on to our second news story animation studio. And I'm going to pronounce this right. Leica lays off staffers amid pandemic. This is coming from Eric Hayden, The Hollywood Reporter. As Hollywood films aim to regroup from a months-long production shutdown during the pandemic, animation studio Leica is the latest company to cut staffers across departments. Leica holds the well-being of its employees as its highest concern, a rep told The Hollywood Reporter. With no end in sight to the pandemic, we have rolled off 56 of staff from our crew with the intention to hire them back at a future date when we can expand the number of people we can safely have in our buildings. The studio is in active pre-production on its latest feature, which has yet to be announced. The studio's other titles include Kubo and The Two Strings, The Box Trolls, Paranorman, as well as Caroline. Um, Daniel, what do you think of, and I know this is like, again, um, some sad news because we, we see uh, a studio laying off um, their staffers during a pandemic and, you know, they're part of a pretty big team. What like, Dan, what do you think of this happening at this moment? 
Uh, it's tough, you know. I mean, it, it's tough all over right now with jobs. And if you've ever, I encourage you to look up Leica on uh, or Leica on on YouTube and see their production videos because the work that goes into their productions, into their stop motion animation, is absolutely unrivaled by anyone. It's 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 magic what these people create. Um, it's nice to see that they're going to be. Their intentions right now is to hire them back at a future date, but again, that doesn't really help um, these people at this time. I'm just hoping that they're able to find work or um, some stability in this time because obviously this sucks. Like you don't want to ever see this, um, especially because you know, like is such a it's it's a smaller studio, but like the content that they have made is kind of like really it's really loved, it's really be- beloved by people, especially Kubo and the Boxers Paranorman is probably my favorite work of them. And Coraline was, it was a huge deal. Um, this is, this company is, I guess, headed right now by Travis Knight, who directed Bumblebee. Uh, he did his first live action movie, which was Bumblebee a couple years ago, which was fantastic. Um, and his dad is Phil Knight, the owner of Sony of uh, Nike. Sorry. Uh, so it's interesting that like they have such deep pockets with them. And I, I know it doesn't work like this in the business world, but it would have been nice if Phil was just like, yeah, yeah, I, I could spot you guys to, to stay open to keep you guys trending. But, you know, that's not the world that we live in. But I'm just hoping that for everyone here, they're able to um, have some stability in this time. Mm-hmm. What about you, Shay? Yeah, it definitely sucks. I mean, like, as they're, they're a great studio. It, it just, when you look at their numbers, <clears throat> I, I get it. You know, their movies, they're budgeted for about 60 million on average. And they bring in like, it's weird because if you look at the trend of of their films, Coraline was made for about sixty million, and it brought in about one hundred and twenty four. Paranorman, Box Trolls, Kubo, all pretty much the same budget, but each brought in significantly less money. And then we get to Missing Link, which had the biggest budget of one hundred and two, and only brought in about twenty six million. So it's it makes sense that you know, they had to do this because their films aren't bringing in that much money. And as we've talked about on the show before, you know, just because the box office gross is maybe double the amount of the budget, that doesn't mean that it's a huge success that, that a lot of that money goes towards marketing and other things as well. So uh, it sucks that it happened because this is a company that you can tell has a lot of stories that they have still left to tell. And they have, you know, a talent that Daniel, like Daniel mentioned is un unrivaled. So I really hope they bounce back. I really hope that they maybe they do something that blows people out of the water that I guess maybe is that one film that makes everyone hop on board the animation trend because I know that this style of animation, which is stop motion, doesn't appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I can totally get that. But I hope that they have this one movie, which I thought initially was going to be Coraline, but um, and Kubo did really well too, but let's see what happens. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for them to, to get out of this pretty good, pretty good. You know, one thing I don't want to see. Oh, go ahead, Anthony. What, sorry, I, I just want to say one thing I don't want to see happen to to the studio is their their employees starting to get overworked because now there's a lot more on their table rather than having it spread out with 56 people, which is quite a bit of people that used to, you know handle that work that workload and now you're bringing like stress in the environment maybe you're you're missing deadlines maybe you know that work doesn't is not as the highest caliber that you can get out and that these are the things that a studio has to look at too when they lay off um their 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 employees right 
Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah, that that's so true. That's so true. Like there's like that whole like crunch um aspect that we see when we're seeing like animation and and we see it we hear it a lot more in the video game world but like crunch is kind of all over in any creative fields and managing Mm -hmm. that uh i was going to say like like just pulled off that giant win as well too at the golden globes that nobody saw happening with missing link which was uh did not do well at the the box office but it ended up winning best animated picture uh, sorry best animated yeah picture of the golden globes this year which surprised a lot of people i mean uh, it made twenty six million at the box office on a hundred and two million dollar budget, but it still won best animated picture when there was Pixar movies in the mix. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, um, we're wishing them luck, and they can hire their their people back right away. Um, on to more news: the Batman Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four previews part of massive DC fandom scheduled. This is coming from Adam B. Very of Variety. Speed and star power, those are the two clear goals for DC Fandom's virtual event on August 22nd, which released its full schedule Friday. Over 100 hours of content stretching across the film, TV, video game, and comic book properties from DC Entertainment will unfold over a 24-hour period on Saturday's event, including panels featuring the filmmakers and cast of The Batman, Wonder Woman 1984, The Suicide Squad, and Snyder's Cut, of Justice League, and the cast of TV series, including DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Harley Quinn, Batwoman, Black Lightning, and The Flash. Reveals for WB Montreal's Batman game and Rocksteady's Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, are also scheduled. Most of those panels will run just 15 to 30 minutes in length, which is really short. I thought they would be a little bit longer, but again, based on the amount of content they have, that seems just right. Um, but here we go. Here We also, like, one thing that we didn't report on, but even DC had to lay off quite a bit of their uh, staff, also um, their staff related to the comic right. side of uh, DC Entertainment. But the, the, you know, the show, they're still producing, a sh- they're still making this show for their fans. Um, and they still have quite a bit of, you know, creators arriving as well. Um, what do you guys, or we'll start off with Shay. Shay, what do you think of, you know, DC's fandom schedule? Well, I think now I finally kind of get what's happening because when I kept hearing this is a 24 hour event, I was like, wait, hold on. Do I have to stay up? Like, is this live? Like, how does this work? Like, what am I going to have to do? But seeing the schedule, the way it's planned out initially, yeah, you're right. I was kind of shocked that some of these panels are only running 15 to 30 minutes, but then I'm thinking, okay, it, it makes sense because maybe if they want to show a trailer or talk about something, you don't really need more than 15 to 30 minutes because that is enough for me to get the information that I need to move on to the next thing. But looking at how many things are going to be talked about, like there's going to be the Flash there too. We're probably going to get a trailer for Suicide Squad. We might even get a look at the Batman. Um, all these things are getting me really excited for this event. And I think that when we've had a summer of lackluster events that have occurred, like comic-con for example this looks like it might be the savior uh i'm getting really excited for saturday i can't wait to watch all these and daniel this uh this has me really excited because just like what chase said in in a year of kind of lackluster announcements which again we can't have too much um we can't be too upset about it given the year that we're having but i think dc announces 
and back in April, I want to say now or in May, that this was their intentions. And I think looking at the times that these panels are going to run, 15 to 30 minutes, that's perfect. That's literally get in, get the information you need. We know people are going to be on shitty webcam qualities. We don't want to watch that for an hour and a half. People just want to get the information they want, get their attention spans, and move on to the next thing. And I think that's Mm -hmm. so smart. Um, I think their messaging behind this was a little strange, especially saying like it was a 24 hour event. It's like, just like what we were kind of feeling like, is there going to be things at one in the morning, two in the morning, like five in the morning? Like when did these announcements start? Uh, And basically it looks like it's going to be about 10 to 12 hours worth of, uh, I guess, events happening which are all pre-recorded which makes me so happy and then they're going to move on and then i just they're going to play them again I, I guess it's just a way of having them all in one hub that's why they want to do this it was just kind of strange messaging for all this but it's a little weird, i guess when, sure. i guess when you're trying to get people locked in for the day you don't want to be like yeah keep refreshing our youtube page or keep refreshing this because there's going to be announcements kind of on the warner brothers side and on the game side so you just want kind of want one hub for everything um, and I guess that'll be on the DC fandom website with all the announcements. And I love that you could actually, you know, add things to make your own schedule. So you know what to look out for and all that. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, and I, I, I'm just so excited to talk predictions uh, for what we'll, what we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our last order of business. The world's last blockbuster is now listed on Airbnb. And this is coming from Tim Nelson, of the Architectural Digest. With COVID-19's widespread cancellation of travel plans, 2020 likely won't go down as Airbnb's most successful year. Despite all that, it's entirely possible that the most coveted Airbnb listing next month will be a blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. Not just any blockbuster, but the only functional blockbuster left anywhere in the world. And on September 18th, 19th, and 20th, Three lucky groups of up to four local residents will spend a night at this monument to 90s nostalgia, tailor-made for the ultimate movie marathon or sleepover for just $4 a night, plus taxes and fees. Over the past few months, we've been missing the regular visits from friends, neighbors, and tourists from around the world, the listing reads. So we're opening our store to three quarantine pods for a socially distanced movie night just like those of the decades past. Reading that, I, I was th- I was wondering, like, when did we have socially distanced uh, movie nights in the past? But um, <laughs> I guess the way they, uh, they, they wrote it. Um, it's just funny, because, yeah, it, it gives you that, that sleepover, like, party vibe, like growing up in the 90s vibe, you know? Right. Um, looking like a living room straight out of the 90s sitcom, the space has been lovingly transformed, to showcase design touches that evoke nostalgia for a time when movies were physically physical things that you rented from a brick-and-mortar location. That means beanbag chairs, a pull-out couch with zany sheets, and a rug with wacky, busy, and bright patterns. Of course, it wouldn't be a blockbuster night without, without a bulky, big-screen TV hooked up to a working VCR. Guests will have complete control over the space once they get the keys in a safe and socially distanced manner giving them access to enough enough classic movies to watch until sunrise, plus all the snacks they can handle. The fact that Airbnb will also make a donation to the Human Society of Central Oregon, a longtime partner of Harding's Blockbuster, is a nice bonus. 
existing as a blockbuster in 2020 is tough enough before factoring in global pandemic, but the Airbnb listing describes it as a way to both thank locals and give them a chance for escapism by traveling back in time. So first things first, how is this blockbuster still running? Second thing, <laughs> Daniel, would you would you do this? Um, would you participate in this Airbnb? Uh, I mean, it looks cool. Like, if any of you are out there wondering what this looks like, it looks really, really cool. It, it reminds me, just looking at it, like, like, damn, I just feel like I'm back in, like, 1998, hanging out with, like, my my friends at one of their houses for a birthday. Um, it just has a really cool vibe. And it's only $4 a month. Sorry, $4 a night, uh, not a month. Um, it's crazy. Like, that's, that's a really is that, great Is that deal. with I mean, uh, late fees or not? Just want to confirm. Oh, no. Late fees, late fees would be about $500. Yeah, oh, okay. geez, they uh, they just <laughs> remove you from the bubble and you just uh, <laughs> they just give you COVID <laughs> if, you if you're late. Uh, wow. Damn, it's 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 cool. I mean, like if they're going out of their way to really set this up, and obviously, you know, just like what they said, being a blockbuster in 2020, like what what can you even say to that? It's just it's 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 madness. But the fact that they're doing something cool with it, I I dig that and. The fact that they make donations as well, too, that's that's awesome. I mean, I yeah. don't know how long this will go on for, but um, I mean, they said that September 18th, 19th, and 20th, but does that mean they're going to close down the Blockbuster afterwards? I don't know, but uh, this is cool. You know, I have, I have great memories from Blockbuster. What about you, Shay? I know you're a huge Blockbuster aficionado with your mm. Blockbuster card. I and still have my Blockbuster card. Stories about Blockbuster? I still have it. I've been a Blockbuster fan for quite a long time. That tattoo on my back is permanent. And you know what? It's because I love Blockbuster so much. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't have a tattoo. Anyways, uh, with Blockbuster, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not surprised there's still one around because there are places, uh, especially in America, where you know internet isn't the strongest, um, where you're probably only getting a couple kilobytes of, of, of speed, really. So having a streaming service, maybe in those rural areas, doesn't work out. And I, I haven't been to Oregon, but maybe this area doesn't have the greatest, or maybe they just really love Blockbuster there. Who knows? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of documentaries about this too, as to why it's there, but um, I I would totally do this. It's, it sounds totally like an, a, a night of my childhood where right. exactly like Daniel said, I, I would have gone to my friend's house and stayed over or just even at my own house. Blockbuster nights were, were coveted. And honestly, I miss them so much because they made that family time together a reality. Uh, now it's like, oh, okay, yeah, we can. We don't have to worry about late fees, and we can just stream movie whenever we want. So you kind of get lazy, and you really have to force yourself to to watch something. But uh, I don't miss having to rent something that's sold out. Um, that is something that I definitely don't miss. But, but I you get miss- it for free next time it's in, man. Uh, that but that wasn't every that that only started later on in the blockbuster. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, that was it, DVD it era movie. for sure. That was DVD era, yeah. So, and you know they were definitely trying hard to keep our money there. I still remember renting movies from Blockbuster uh, right before they shut down, and I went to go return them like an idiot. Uh, and as I was putting them in the box, I'm like, "Why is this Blockbuster closed today?" And then the next week, I found out that they actually shut down, and I'm like, "I could have kept those movies." But, um, <laughs> They still come after you for somehow. They would have still found me. They would have been like, "Listen here, is, are you uh, order number one three zero six, sir?" Yeah. As property, as holding property of Blockbuster, you are now the CEO of the oh. company, and you are now uh, in charge and of, of all the debt. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. I think it's a really cool idea, though. Like, just the whole... It's just an experience, right? Right. And it's interesting because Blockbuster was really the biggest video renter of all time. Mm-hmm. And there's still, there's that one bit, and I'm guessing it's Harding's Blockbuster, just like, you know, Tony's No Frills. There's this one guy who yeah. <laughs> the last Blockbuster, and he just wants to kind of give back to to the people in his community, which is great. And it right. goes to a good cause as well. I what if what if it's like a trap though? What if it's like so, saw? Dude, you that's know? what I was thinking. I was like, what if this turns <laughs> into a horror movie? Yeah, and it's just like it's a marketing or, plan for that for the saw film that didn't come out this year, or that's, it's an actual horror, <laughs> like live action horror movie. Oh that my god, it's all hidden cameras. Have to watch. Yeah, but, man. We have, but we have to watch on Netflix though. The irony of it. Dude. But you also have you have access to the internet, but it's only like on a 1999 PC. <laughs> it's so like, no website. <laughs> no website works. Dude, you don't even have access to the internet. You had that. Remember when you went to Blockbuster? How they would like scan it? It would just be like that block based type that you, you would mean DOS. Yeah, it would just be DOS. And yeah, yeah you have to use I'll, DOS. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest. I thought I would never see DOS again. But I was at a retailer here in Canada a, a month ago, and they still use DOS for their. Oh own yeah, yeah. It's crazy, There's a Dairy Queen in Toronto that uses DOS. They still have they have Interact Pay and all that. You could tap and all that. But when a they Dairy yeah, Queen, a Dairy Queen on in Rexdale. Uh, I mean, since, since we're dropping retailers, it was Canadian Tire. I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. But I'm like, they're literally using the same computer that Ferris Bueller was using yeah. in his movie. Dude, and I'm like, how are these kids? Because these kids, they're kids that work at these Dairy Queens. They're like learning how to punch in the numbers and <laughs> they're learning Python and code. This, what is this UI that I'm using? Their phone has more technology than the whole friggin' store. Yeah, yeah. So funny. It's like, uh, oh, you need to, uh, you want to rent a DVD? Hold on, let me just get out this floppy disk and update the system here. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Um, moving on to trailers 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 we have four well actually three new trailers one new kind of new trailer we're going to start off with we have mulan disney plus trailer which is uh we're going to talk about in a couple minutes we have the devil all the time say by the bell and the war with grandpa so let's start off with Mulan Disney Plus trailer. We have a cost finally in Canada. It's going to be $34.99. I'm guessing there's tax on that. So it might be $40. I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure they, they would charge tax. Um, Daniel, what do you think of the cost for Mulan? And will you pay $34.99 to watch it? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were speaking about this last week on like the cost 29.99 us i'm glad it's not a direct uh conversion uh from the u.s pricing because i think that would be like 590 dollars canadian um <laughs> that's, no, but yeah, it's, I, that was yesterday's conversion. I'm, yeah i'm just i'm just glad that it's not a direct um um conversion that way 34.99 yeah it's you know it's it's steep it's the most expensive rental i think we've seen for movies not including like uh, like pay-per-view and all the stuff back in the day but um 
you know, $34.99, if I'm going to be watching this with my entire family and my younger cousin who's been looking forward to watching this, I think it's not a bad asking price. And especially since I'll always have access to it, I guess, from what they're saying, it's going to stay in my Disney Plus library forever, which I guess it would have eventually come anyway. Um, I, I think I will be paying for this just so because I, I think it's just easier than taking five of us to the movie theater. But yeah, you know, it's no, it's no doubt it's steep. The trailer was a new look at the movie. It was just basically like a, a shorter version of everything else we've seen with a Disney Plus logo in the bottom corner. But yeah, you know, I'm still excited to see this movie. I, I'm curious to see what they do with it. Um, there's a lot of controversy as well, too, with this movie, with um, them taking out, like, not having songs in it and not having Mushu in it. Um, so there's there's the controversy there as well as um, the lead actresses, I guess, um, speaking out on like the Chinese government and things like that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different angles that are are happening with this movie, but at the end of the day, I'm just, I want to see this movie. I want to see what it's all about. And I'm glad it's finally coming out because it just kind of signals to me that hopefully we're, we're moving forward in 2020. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you, Shay? Would you pay the 34.99? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I mentioned this on my Twitter that I, I would, I would pay it because initially, yes, I was more like, whoa, that's a steep price. But then I started thinking about it more. I'm like, okay, if I really break this down, is it that bad? And if it stays in my library on Disney plus, I'm basically paying to get it first before it would come out. Now, I don't know if this is going to push back Mulan coming on Disney Plus for the, I guess, regular subscriber. I don't know if it's going to push it back to maybe instead of four months in, it'll be six months or seven months. Who knows? Uh, but again, you know, to, to watch something new, especially a Disney movie like that, I, I'll pay it. I would wanted to see it in theaters. And, you know, if it does come in theaters, maybe now that I've gone to a theater, I might be able to give this a shot. But I think the ease of being at home might just kind of might just kind of win that battle. So the trailer was great. It was just another, you know, look at the, at the film, like Daniel said, but uh, the price as steep as it is, I, I, I do have to think about it that I'm paying at the end of the day for a Disney film. And that has its own caliber of quality as well. So I know that my $35 plus tax, it'll actually be going towards something that is going to be really good. It, it won't be a gamble. And uh, I guess if I were to, metaphorically just split the cost with my family even though i wouldn't it, it does come out to be a lot cheaper than it than a trip so let's see you're, Imagine. you're not going to charge your family to to watch this with well, you. when, when uh, for the first movie i won't but when another movie comes out <laughs> obviously it'll be like okay now you guys gotta pay me before you can get inside the house and i'll check their tickets i'll print them out uh send them to their phones but yeah first one i'll let them slide in for free <laughs> You know what movie I wish I didn't watch in theaters and I should have waited till Disney Plus? Tell me. Uh, the the movie that we the last movie we <laughs> so you remember it. <laughs> remember it. Onward. Onward? Onward, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I wish I watched Onward at home. Man, I didn't expect it to be on Disney Plus so quickly. Man, that, I, I, I don't think Disney mean. expected it either, man. <laughs> For me, that was a scary again, time, man. Back in March was scary. I haven't watched Mulan and I probably I probably would watch the cartoon before I would watch you know Mulan the live action because again I'm not a big fan of live action remakes. I, I haven't actually found a live action that I liked. 
And I don't really consider Lion King a live action, even though I didn't like it. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, just I, the, the I, remakes, I, the Disney remakes haven't been doing it for you. No, I, I would probably wait for for it to be on Disney Plus so I can watch it and not have to spend the thirty four ninety nine, um, and probably watch Mulan the cartoon because again I haven't watched that at all so that's that's part of my childhood that I kind of skipped out on I guess maybe I was an older older person and maybe I didn't at that time really care about cartoons and then I started getting back into them when I got older. Um, but yeah, the, I would probably watch the cartoon version because I know a lot of people are already saying it's going to be the better of the two. Um, For sure. Before I watch or pay that money up front. Mm-hmm. Right? That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Um, let's move on to our second trailer, which is The Devil All the Time. And this is a Netflix film uh, starring a huge cast, Robert Pattinson. Like every, everybody in Hollywood. Bill Sasgar, Sebastian Sam, uh, Mia was 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 I can't pronounce your last name. Well, Waya Waska. Sure, yeah, sure. Waya Waska. Uh, yeah, there it is. Um, interesting movie. Uh, I'm going to just read a synopsis of it. Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town, teeming with. teeming with corruption and brutality so for me this trailer really stood out um i thought uh, what's his name robert pattinson his character who plays this reverend but i don't know if he's like this like a bad reverend or a good reverend i think he's a bad reverend he's like a false preacher that's the idea Um, but yeah interesting movie looks good looks like it's 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 looking for an Oscar type of nomination. It is coming out September 16th. So this might've been a movie we would have watched at TIFF. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems like one of those movies that you would have watched at TIFF because TIFF likes. Yeah, to, definitely you know, has that TIFF feel to it for sure. That, um, that have like a, like a deeper connection. And even this one is very Southern driven as well. It takes place in the South. Um, what do you guys think of this trailer? Uh, I thought it was really, really cool. I, I did not expect this many names to pop up. I was like, is this Avengers Endgame? Like, what's going on here? Everybody's <laughs> in this movie. And I, I love Robert Pattinson. I love Tom Holland. So, and Bill Skarsgård, he, he's such a gr- scary Pennywise that when I look at his eyes, I, I get so scared looking at him on the screen. So, um, I'm definitely excited for this. This trailer looked wicked. Uh, it definitely looks like it's going to be a heavy film, but I hope that it just brings all the punches. I get very nervous when Netflix makes movies with this big of a cast because sometimes it doesn't hit the mark. Which is very true. When a lot of these movies that have these huge casts, you expect, oh, this is going to be a fantastic film. Usually are not. Nine out of ten, they're not for a sure. great film. Yeah, for what sure. you, Daniel? Uh, yeah, this trailer was great. This is, I think this is my trailer of the week. Uh, uh, are you up. sure, man? What was Grandpa? Oh, the war with Grandpa. Oh, I totally forgot. Uh, no, <laughs> I think this is uh, this was my trailer of the week, just because I, I love the way it was edited. Um, just taking place in the South and uh, seeing Robert Pattinson just made me so excited because he's such a great actor, and it just makes me want to see him as Batman. So I'm hopefully we'll see that this week. But um, there's a line in the trailer where Tom Holland is just like in the I guess in the church, and he's just like, 
uh, pardon me, preacher, you got time for a sinner. And like, just the way he delivers that line is so like, so like sinister and like scary sounding. Uh, so it made me really excited. Uh, like half this cast is for that British too. Yeah. So like they're, they're pulling off these Southern accents. So we'll see. Yeah. Th- I'm just, you, I'm excited. Like I, I, really <laughs> I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. I hope it's good. Um, something that's probably not going to be good. Say by the bell trailer. <laughs> at, uh, AC Slater and Jesse Spano back in their coveted roles as, um, you know, Bayside, I guess they're teachers now. Um, what it do you looks, guys think? It looks like it. <laughs> I saw this trailer. I saw a little bit of the trailer. I didn't finish watching it, but I know there was st- certain nostalgic moments where, you know, uh, Ace uh, Slater is dancing in his underwear, just like he would in the, on the show back in the day. Um, Spano has a conversation with one of her, um, <laughs> one of her kids, kids? not her kids, but yeah. her students about caffeine pills. So oh, it looks different because it's not shot in front of a live audience and it has more of a film look to it, like something very similar to you would see on Netflix, like a Rivers da- Riverdale or, or, um, um, uh, what's the, what's the, what's another Sabrina? Sabrina? Yeah, Sabrina. Sabrina, yeah, Sabrina it would be a good comparison. Film sure. quality looks. So, what do you what do you guys think of the take on Saved by the Bell? Man, like, honestly, I, I loved Saved by the Bell growing up. Again, it was one of those shows that had already finished by the time I started watching it. But I used to watch it every single day before school started in the morning on TBS. Uh, just watch mm-hmm. it on repeat every single day. Um, this trailer, like this show, it, I don't have any hope for this show. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay it on the line there. <laughs> I have zero hope this show is gonna be good. But damn it, did I love this trailer? And it's just unabashedness uh, of just referencing the old show and the caffeine pills and the dancing and all like specific episodes. It's like references, say by the bell references the trailer. Um, so it just made me. I just want to see it, you know, like that's, that's the biggest thing. Like, I don't care what the quality is like. I just want to see these characters again. It'll be fun to see it. Even if it's awful, I'm just, I'm down to see what's, what these characters have been up to. Shay, did you see this trailer? I didn't. No, I I, I did not watch this trailer because I, I, I never, I, I didn't grow up personally with Saved by the Bell. I did watch an episode here or there, but um, it's something that I, when Peacock does come out and, you know, if we get access to it in Canada, I may actually, you know, give it the watch right from the beginning to see what I missed out on. Right. I'll be honest. I totally forgot. It was called Peacock. I'm like, what are you talking about? Is it called Peacock still? Wait, this one. Yeah, it's Peacock. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Our last trailer, the war with grandpa starring Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, Christopher Walken. Um, I thought this was, like a sequel to Bad Grandpa because he's been into like, <laughs> two Grandpa movies or two movies that t- were titled Grandpa. Um, man, this is I don't know. I I just like this is De Niro. Who's <laughs> making these films for grandkids or something? I don't like. There was that article that came out in the beginning of the year, I think, or right when COVID started that, you know, Robert De Niro would be, will be lucky if he can make 20 million this year. And it was supposed to be, I think like a, like, I don't know, a puff piece or a sad article. And I was like, I mean, you're doing movies like this. Like, what are you expecting right now? And I don't really have any sympathy for you at the moment. You're Robert De Niro. You, you shouldn't be making movies like this. Why are you yeah. doing this? <laughs> like what, what bills do you have to pay to cover uh, to warrant a movie like this to be made. 
Yeah, what are you Can doing? We, uh, what are you trying to build? You mean Christopher Walken? Like, what are you doing? Do you guys, do uh, you guys want the, <laughs> the synopsis for this movie? Please. Oh God, please. Oh God. All right. The it's very short. Was interesting enough. It's very short. I'll just get right to it. Forced to give up his room to his grandfather, Robert De Niro, a scheming boy, Figley, devises a series of outrageous pranks and attempt to make him move out. It just seems like the laziest version of Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, why is Uma Thurman in this? Like, why is this the movie she decided, yes, this she's one? Like, I, she's like, I'm sorry, you said, who's this film? Robert De Niro? Don't give me the title or the synopsis. I'm signing on. It's Dude, a stacked like, cast, though, great. man. Like, she looks it's, great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's a stacked cast. Like, Jane Seymour, Christopher Walken, Cheech Marin, like, like Rob Briggle, Uma Thurman, like this would be an amazing like drama Directed by cast. Scorsese as well of all people. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's, it's, what is his production company? This is his first one for Apple. S- no. s- Silicon, Siclia, Siclia. It's it's interesting. Same same director as the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run, which we'll be talking about later. Is it actually? It's the same director, but he also directed the Hop or the Bunny movie, right? Hop, Peter. he did Alvin and the Chipmunks, Garfield, mm-hmm. A Tale of Two Kitties, uh, Max Keeble's Big Move. Oh, that's a that's a throwback right there. That's a can throwback. Get, and Muppets in Space. To, can we get back to Uma Thurman? So there's rumors, you know, on the internet, rumors innuendo, rumor and innuendo. Um, you know, Zendaya might, you know, is a good fit to play Nikki Bell if there ever was kill bill volume three in which um nikki would kind of go and hunt down uma thurman who plays the black mamba or beatrix kiddo um again what do you what do you feel like i think zendaya would probably be really good fit just the look and her 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 experience on on camera and her just her demeanor um would probably be a really great shoe in for that character. But what do you guys think if there was ever a kill bill volume three? Yeah, that'd be cool. I think, uh, I think Zazie, uh, Zazie beats, uh, would be a, would be a great choice as well too. I think she, um, would be a dope casting choice too. Who knows mm-hmm. if we'll ever get the sequel, but, uh, it'd be nice to see. Honestly, I hope I hope Tarantino does it, and it's not like somebody else coming in to make this movie. I, I want it to, if it's going to happen. I want it to be Tarantino. Well, yeah. it, has, it has to be. Yeah, I'm the same way as Daniel. Where I'll do it if if it's a good cast, if it's a good movie, sure. If it's Tarantino only, but if it's someone like Tim Meadows or whoever directed The War with Grandpa coming back to direct this, then but, no, how about okay. Mick G? Oh no, I'm okay. <laughs> Mick G. I haven't heard of that name in so long. I think the last thing I remember him doing was that babysitter film for Netflix. Yeah, the babysitter. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did. You know what? I enjoyed his Charlie's Angels, the first one. Yeah, no, it's that's a great product of its time film. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to what we're watching, Shay. We'll start off with you. What have you been watching this week? Yeah, I, I actually watched a lot. And I think maybe that was because knowing that theaters are opening up, I felt more comfortable and relaxed to watch films. I, I don't know what it was, but I just felt easier to. 
Um, my girlfriend and I are kind of going through the American Pie series right now, at least just the first three. So uh, I think it was last week that we watched part one or the week before. Uh, this week we watched part two. And um, again, I, I love these films. I, I think they're so funny. And I this is the films that I grew up watching. So showing them to her was a great experience. Um, thinking about comedies, I was in the mood for Austin Powers and Goldmember. It's, it's one of those comedies that I can quote a lot. I these movies haven't aged the greatest, but I also just have this love for Mike Myers, and I was listening to him on a podcast recently, so I decided to kind of put it on. Um, I did watch Kill Bill Volume One as well, and I watched Aladdin at Home. This is the original 1992 Aladdin that I watched. I watched Enemy of the State with um, Will Smith and Gene Hackman. Uh, I hadn't seen it in quite a few years, so it was it was just starting on TV, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll give this a watch." And I ended up watching the whole thing, and I, it's a really good movie. It's such a it's one of those early two thousands, like late nineties films where you know technology is the scary bad guy, and anything you say about technology, it just kind of works. So it's just funny how that film plays out. I watched Avengers Endgame. I was in the mood for a Phil Lord and Chris Miller film, so I decided to put on Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It's probably one of their only films that I, I maybe haven't watched as much. I think I only watched it once in theaters. And after watching it again at home, I really, really enjoyed it, especially knowing their body of work. Um, so, yeah, that's a, it's a great film. And I watched School of Rock, and uh, Dan and I went to go see SpongeBob the movie Sponge on the Run. Which You guys – Sorry. No, I'm saying if we want to do our little review on that, we definitely can. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you guys want to wait till we go through all of them and then you, you guys do your review? Sure. Because my, my list is pretty short. Yeah, it also spelled incorrectly, hopefully, but yeah. What? Angelus and Demons? Or Angels oh, and Demons? Ah, yeah. Angelus and Demons. Angelus. It was like the directed DVD cut. See guys, when when we're not recording, they criticize me and they yell at me. This is getting a little bit. Um, Daniel, well, uh, Andy, do you want to go? Then we could go right into. We could end with SpongeBob. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so I watched Underworld with um, Kate Beckinsale. I haven't watched that in a very very long time. She's so uh, dreamy, so dreamy. Um, really cool opening sequence. Didn't age as well as I thought it would be, but like certain certain aspects of the film did age really well. I thought just the action sequences were done really well, but then the storyline doesn't make sense. And as a kid watching it, I thought it was fantastic. Again, I thought it was the Matrix because of the way they shot everything in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was dark and gritty, and it was raining and trench coats and leather. And it's leather, yeah. That's that was the, that was like that two thousands look, you know. Yeah. It was right around the time, you know, when you were getting uh, Resident Evil as well. Yes, that's very true. Um, I did watch Angeles and Demons or Angels <laughs> and Demons. I love, you know, the the storyline of, you know, Da Vinci Code and, and the the whole mystery behind the Vatican and religious aspects um, revolving around Catholicism. Um, I am a Catholic, so whenever I see these things, I'm like, oh, this is like kind of interesting history, especially when they dive into you know Italy and they talk about all these histories and I know some of it is made up and and so on. And it just I find it fascinating, especially like in Angels and Demons when they go into 
the the Vatican archives. I wanted to learn more about the Vatican archives. What's in the Vatican archives? Does it look like the movie? Um, which it doesn't. But it they have quite a bit of crazy um, historic documents in there that no one else has. And to really tell you the truth, the Vatican is is or the just the idea of the Vatican is super super old and and they have tons and tons of historical documents that people can or scholars can access. Um, so yeah, I, I love those stories. I love you know going around Italy and exploring you know these different churches and who built this and who built that and who's part of the Illuminati and. Maybe who was the the Merovingians, and maybe they were the descendants of Christ. So things like that just interest me and kind of want to learn more about. I also um, watch Zodiac, David Fincher's Zodiac, or this. If you guys don't know who the Zodiac is, the Zodiac is a it was a serial killer in the '60s and '70s in in the Bay Area, and he he was known as the Zodiac because he had like the crosshair on his head and. He would go and kill randos for no reason at all. And he would write letters to um, newspapers and talk about why he liked killing people because they were the most dangerous game. And they never really caught him. They might have, but the person that they had uh, suspected died of a heart attack. So this is just a sinister look at the Zodiac. David Fincher, you can see like David Fincher planning Mindhunter when you watch this. Mm, oh, definitely. Um, it's like I think he loves true crime. Just just watching Seven, and then watching this, um, and then watching Mindhunter, you can see like his passion is true crime type of story. But I forgot Mark Ruffalo is in it, and I forgot Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo acted in this together. Um, but the main the main actor is Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, he plays this neurotic cartoonist who needs to solve who the Zodiac is and all these side characters that play a part in discovering and trying to help figure out who the Zodiac is. And again, I think the first half of this film is slower and it's not as engaging, but mm-hmm. once Jake Gyllenhaal takes in charge of finding out who this guy is, that's when the movie picks up and I can watch this movie over and over again, just because I love true crime stories. Um, after watching this, I put on the Zodiac podcast so I can learn more about the character, uh, not the character, but the real person or the people who were affected by him. Uh, fucking twisted story. Like, I can't believe these are things that were happening in the world during that time. You don't hear it anymore. It's so weird. Like, I guess because technology and how we catch people and all those things like those types of serial killers don't happen anymore or maybe we no. don't know about them and they're they're just really good but like those types of evilness and thank god uh that they don't but there are other evils other in the world um you just don't hear about anymore so it's it's that, interesting to learn about them that sequence at the at the movie poster guy's house always uh has me nervous because you just you just don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, even the beginning where oh yeah, the, with, the kid. Of, with the kid and 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 the in the car on the Fourth of July, mm-hmm. they're playing that song. Oh man, it's so creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harrowing for sure. 
Yeah. I also watched, or I started watching Preacher. I watched Preacher in the beginning, but I never really finished watching it. So now I'm, now that all the seasons have been completed, I started watching Preacher. If you don't know, if you're a fan of the boys, then you would be a fan of the Preacher because they're created both by the same um, creator. His name is uh, Garth Ennis. So if you're into, again, like adult, driven comic style um, plot lines, um, Preacher is great for you. Have you guys watched The Preacher? No, I haven't. I haven't. I, I've wanted to. I've just. I've always yeah. heard great things about it. And you know, Seth Rogen's one of the creators of the show. Yeah, it's the um, only problem and- with that show is his. Name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, no, and I, I've just seen so many, so many like behind the scenes footage and commercials for it, because, just because from watching The Walking Dead on AMC, like they'll always be promoting it, and it looks very interesting. I, I I'll definitely give it a watch one day. Just I haven't made the commitment yet. Yeah, it stars uh, Dominic Cooper. He plays uh, Jesse Custer, aka the Preacher, who has absorbed an entity in his body who is half demon, half angel, and he can command people to do whatever he wants. So if he says it, it happens. Damn. But there are angels trying to, you know, siphon it from his body. There's this really, really, really cool character called the Saint of Killers. His character is just to murder everyone. He is like <laughs> the saint of killers. It's so, it's so like just the idea. There's also a vampire who's who who's uh, the preacher's best friend. Um, is there like also, a butt face dude or like an anus face? Yeah, this, this an ass face dude, right? Yeah, ass face dude. Yeah, he he shot his himself in the face. That's why, and his face is kind of like concaved in to kind of look like an. Oh. I probably shouldn't Google that. Okay, I regret and, uh, that. Let me do it. <laughs> Delete my um, computer. <laughs> but yeah, there's four seasons. If you have Amazon Prime, it was actually done on a- AMC. And then I guess Amazon Prime has the full uh, season. Ruth Nega's in it as well. For those of you who don't know Ruth Nega, she's um, Academy-nominated actress. This, this is the first time I've actually seen her. Um, when I watched The Preacher... She just joined this, like she just became a star because after The Preacher, she then did Loving where she was then nominated for her Academy Award and all that. So Yep, and Ad uh, Astra as well too. And then Ad Astra and she just blew up. And then, yeah, so that's all I've been watching. What about you, Daniel? So this week, I've just been, honestly, I, I've been on a weird Smallville kick. Smallville is one of my favorite shows growing up. And let me tell you about 2000 shows and loving, raining and loving leather. There's a lot of that in Smallville. Uh, so I've just been going through, um, I started midway season five, kind of from the last time I was rewatching the series and I'm just watching um, from there. So it, it's been nice going down that memory road and just seeing all of these, uh, seeing all of these, like these characters in the show that I love so much growing up. Uh, like Shay, I also watched some Avenger movies. So I watched the first Avengers and I watched Age of Ultron. Uh, so I'm planning on watching Infinity War and Endgame sometime this week just because, I don't know, it was, it was just feeling like the Avengers. Uh, I checked out Kill Bill in theaters, which was cool to see it uh, coming back, like coming but coming back to theaters and just uh, enjoying that. And it was the first movie I, I saw back in theaters since. Um, being off since March. So that was an interesting experience being alone in the theater. Uh, I watch, I'm about an hour right now into project power. 
which is uh, the Jimmy Fox, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie on Netflix. And I am blanking on the name of the other girl who's in it as well, too. I'm going to get that right now so I don't uh, miss out on her name. Um, yeah, Project Power is interesting so far. Uh, her name's Dominique uh, Fishback. Uh, it's interesting so far. The premises of it is basically there's this drug called Power that gives whoever the user is, I guess, five minutes of this random ability. Now, everybody everybody who takes it has a different effect. So, for example, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, he takes it and he becomes uh, super strong and basically like invincible, it looks like. There's other people who take it and they just explode. I'm curious to see where it's going to end. I'm not too super invested in these characters yet, uh, but I'm curious. I'm curious enough to finish it, so I'll have a fully formed thought on this movie next week. It's also written by Mattson Tomlin, who is writing the Batman movie with Matt Reeves. So very interesting to see um, what he does with that. Um, and of course, Shay and I did watch the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, which is a movie about SpongeBob. This is the third SpongeBob movie now. Um, this one is in a completely different animation style, which off the bat, I think Shay and I both agreed is absolutely beautiful. It's a really, really unique and cool art style that I think suits the character of SpongeBob. W- uh, mm-hmm. Would you agree, Shay? Yeah, I the the animation style stood out to me a lot. It it was the most surprising element I'd say of the film, considering how detailed it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's really beautifully animated. Uh, basically, the story this time around is SpongeBob, uh, SpongeBob, sorry, pet snail Gary uh, is snail napped, and now SpongeBob and Patrick must embark on a road trip to now um, find him. And it's th- this movie takes a lot of cues, I think, from the first movie with the road trip and going to this location, going through all these different unique locales that we haven't seen before in Bikini Bottom. Um, I just think the thing about this movie is that I don't think this story really warrants a movie. You know, we've seen this this plot. You know, I'm, I'm a huge SpongeBob fan, especially from growing up. Like, it's weird to think that SpongeBob is over 20 years old now. But, you know, there's a unique, uh, I guess, feel to SpongeBob stories from the past. And this movie was just trying to – it felt like it was just trying to take a storyline that's happened before in the show – and adapt it for the big screen. And there's a lot of weird moments in this movie. Like if, if we were to read out some of the cameos and some of the, some of the moments, it feels like they're just trying to go for that really weird, like out of left field stoner humor at some points, like Snoop Dogg shows up and um, Danny Trejo shows up and he's like a El Diablo. Who's in this like pirate zombie bar that spongebob and patrick need to like battle but it's also real it's like live action and they're like animated in it it's a lot of really weird uh story choices that they go on that it doesn't really feel like this is something that warrants a big uh, like a big screen experience um great performances obviously like the original cast from the show is all here during their voices but um there was another thing in this movie that kind of that they kept doing they kept doing these flashbacks to this camp that all of our main characters met at. And it it happens out four or five times throughout the movie. 
which is fine, but each flashback takes a long time and it drags. I feel like like a good almost like 15 or 20 minutes of this movie is are just these flashbacks to this camp. And it feels like because you're doing a spinoff show, a prequel about this camp, that's why they're trying to set it up so much in this movie. And it also retcons a lot of what's happened in the show. Not that animation animated shows need to have this clear storyline, but you know, in the fir- very first episode of SpongeBob, uh, he meets Sandy in the tree dome underwater. But in the movie, he's saying that he met her in camp. It's a weird. It's a weird change. To me, it just it just feels out of left field just to give Sandy a flashback as well. But um, overall, I think if you're a fan of SpongeBob, um, it's worth looking at to stream it. But otherwise, like if if you don't care about SpongeBob, then you could you skip it. Uh, sorry, Shay, I spoke about I spoke a lot about this, but I'm I'm gonna yeah, kick it over man, to you to talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, the 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 more I think about this film, the more I'm just kind of blah about it. Uh, it, the, the, I mean, Keanu Reeves is in this movie for a good portion of it as well. He oh plays, yeah. He plays Sage and he's in it so much, but I remember Daniel looking at you at about the 50 minute mark in the film. And this is when the movie was actually ending the actual storyline of the film at this point had ended. And I looked at you and I'm like, wait, what's going to happen now? Like, it kind of seems like the movie's done. And then they did about 20 or so minutes of these flashbacks and I was like, oh, that's how they're going to keep this runtime going with this flashback. But none of the movie really, there's not enough here to kind of keep going. Um, I, I laughed a couple times, sure. But overall, I I was more bored and I kept looking at my watch to kind of, okay, is this going to end? What's what's happening here? I definitely find it a lot more entertaining than the last one, which was Sponge Out of the Water, I believe. Um, sponge out of water yeah sponge out of water yeah this one again the animation is kind of what kept me around because i was very entranced by it but none of the characters really hit it for me they all kind of felt like they were shoved into this storyline of getting gary back and gary having this really powerful slime and then you have uh, king was it poseidon i guess not this time poseidon, not yeah, yeah not, poseidon. or not neptune usually what well, we saw in the first movie saw neptune poseidon. right yeah, yeah. so uh, it didn't. Um, it, it didn't. It didn't do anything for me, and I and I just kind of walked out as I was leaving the theater, forgetting more and more of this film. I agree. If you are a SpongeBob fan, sure, you might find some enjoyment in it, but I think overall, this movie is a skip it, and I don't think I'll be remembering it or watching it anytime soon. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's yeah, that's it's it's easy as that. You know, this was our first kind of new movie back in theaters, and uh, this movie actually took the number one spot at the box office this week. Um, I think was it last week or the week before we were talking about how much money they were going to make throughout uh, the yeah, week. Yeah, we were talking about it. And yeah, so SpongeBob with the three, the how much did you say, sorry, Anthony? I think it was like five million. I predicted. So for the three hundred locations that SpongeBob played, um, it made nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> 900k um when we look at russell crowe's unhinged movie it made 582k so again this when we kind of that kind of clued into us later on as well too when we were kind of making those predictions last week that like yeah this yeah it's not a lot of theaters and it's limited capacity so that's not that's not as bad as i like when when that kind of factored in i think we thought it was gonna be a lot worse but um if you're waiting to go to the movies to watch a new movie, I don't think SpongeBob is going to do it for you. So I would say hold off, wait for Tenet, and 
We'll see you next time. Yeah. It is what it is, Mr. SpongeBob. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our topic of the show. Dun, 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 DC fandom predictions. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about our predictions to what we want to see happen uh, at DC fandom. So um, I have a list here of all the things that are happening um, why don't we start off with some of the more, the, we'll, we'll start off on Wonder Woman 1984. What do you guys want to see? Because that's the first thing that it starts off with. DC fandom starts off with Wonder Woman 1984. What do you guys want to see from Wonder Woman 1984? Footage. Give us, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a long time since we've seen a trailer. Just give us footage, footage, and more footage. Uh, do you think? Do you guys think there's a possibility of the state being changed at all? Now, um, like- I, I think they're gonna wait to see how Tenet does, and then from there say, okay, cool, we can release this next film because I mean it's WB, right? right. But I, right. I, I really just want to see what does Kristen Wiig look like as yeah. we we still don't know yet. We only had one I trailer. We'll, I think we'll see. We you guys think we'll see the- this time around? Yes. I think so. I think they'll show the villain because she is she and Pedro Pascal play the villains of this movie, and they did show a little teaser of Kristen just walking really hot down. I don't know a sidewalk or something. So it's kind of like yeah, foreshadowing what you're gonna see, and then you kind of then there's another trailer of her just running, um, or another teaser of her running. So I think they are going to set it up that we see the first cheetah and what she looks like. Cause I'm, I'm interested to see what Christian wig, Christian wig looks like as a cheetah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, suicide squad. Let's move on to suicide squad. Or actually, you know what, before suicide squad, let's do introducing the flash. Andy and Barbara Muschietti star Ezra Miller and screenwriter, Christina Hodson. What do you guys want to see from The Flash? Uh, definitely a trailer, even though they haven't started filming. Um, no, I just, I, I, I guess I want, I want to know, like, is this happening? Because, I mean, The Flash film has been going on for so long. Like, let's just, like, we've seen so many directors come and go. So if they maybe, I guess, show us some concept art or kind of give us an idea as to what the plot's going to be about. Um, that's really all that I can hope and expect from this. We had that rumor going around too a uh, couple weeks ago that you know Michael Keaton is going to be coming back as Batman. I think if they were to announce that, this will be the avenue for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're going to have a lot of people tuning in. Honestly, I'm so happy with the way they're doing DC fandom. Like this just is just such a smart way. You know, we're in and out with announcements. We're going to keep your attention span. Like I was saying earlier, um, I'm I'm really happy of how they're handling this, and I'm I'm hoping they're going to bring some fire announcements for us and. If they announce Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, I think that would break the internet. It would. Also, if they did Flashpoint, which would make sense because they can do that type of multiverse jump. I think for DC to really like get the Flash going, I would say a multiverse jump where nostalgia is brought to the table like Michael Keaton's Batman. 
imagine if it's like Batverse and it's just like all these Batman characters yeah. like coming into the play. Like that'd be crazy. Is Grant Morrison still attached to this Flash? Because I remember Ezra Miller not, and no. him were still writing it, and then so he's not part of this anymore. No, so I was I was actually looking into that this week, and so Grant was he did an interview saying that that they're not doing that movie that that they were kind of writing together, um, but he's still really excited to see what they end up doing with it. So here's mm-hmm. hoping it's something cool, you know. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about Suicide Squad, James Gunn's version of the Suicide Squad. I know we have um, some artwork, some titles that came out recently. I'm pretty sure there will be a trailer for this movie. What do you guys think? Shay, start off with you. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to get a trailer. We're going to get a knowing of what all these characters are because it, there's been a lot of shroud of mystery behind these this movie. And uh, James Gunn's been kind of coming out and saying, you guys are going to find out who everyone is. But he's also been saying that they've been cutting together something really sweet for DC fandom. So there's going to be a lot of emphasis on this movie considering that, A, it's it finished filming you know, before everything kind of shut down. And out of all the films coming out, minus Wonder Woman, it's probably the most ready uh, in terms of footage and information. So I think we'll get a lot of information about this film. Daniel? Yeah, I'm, again, again, with with a common thread for everything here is just, just show it to us. Just let us know what we're in for. You know, DC is in this kind of new world of of their films right now, you know, they're hopefully on the uptick. You know, we had Shazam and Joker that just killed it last year. I'm just hoping that we continue this trend and keep giving us great content. And they have a huge lineup. I I just hope for suicide squad to be great. And I'm just curious to see like, what's the story behind it? Is this really Mm -hmm. tied to the 2016 uh, suicide squad? I just, there's so many questions and I'm ready for those answers. I think that's like one of the biggest things I'm looking for is what story are you going to tell with these characters? Um, Because we got Black Adam. We know Black Adam is not film. Maybe they do have a story. uh, Dwayne Johnson is going to be there. He's going to be participating in Q&A. But what is the story or the plot or just the synopsis of what this Black Adam looks like? Um, Exactly. Snyder Cut of justice league with Zack snyder do you think we'll see a trailer for this movie yes so we saw zach working on a trailer um that he's been teasing on vero that he's working on a trailer for it and he's also going to announce uh whether or not this is going to be a movie or a series and we'll get more details with that i'm just excited to like again like we were talking we've spoken about the snyder cut a lot i'm just excited that it's a thing that it's happening Whenever it's coming, let me know. Wake me up when that when that day's here. But wake I'm, me up inside. I'm excited to see more. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about you, uh, Andy? What do you What do you think, though? What, are you excited to see Snyder cut? Hundred percent, yeah, man. I'm I'm looking forward to what a trailer looks like because when you know watching the first trailer for Justice League, which premiered at Comic Con, I think it was a very long trailer. Um, I remember that trailer vividly. I remember everything about it. I remember, you know, wow, this is going to be a huge movie, but then not, you know, going into it and not being a huge movie and being completely awful and and, and not <laughs> the vision of what Zach wanted. So this trailer is going to really set up what his vision looks like. 
everything from the visual effects to the editing and pacing to the color correction and the mood. This is going to be a completely, and I'm hoping a completely different film. It must be from, from what everyone's saying. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what Zack Snyder pulls out of his hat. Um, the Batman. Matt Reeves is going to be there. And I'm, I know there's a lot of the cast is going to be there. But what do you want to see from the Batman? God. <laughs> um, honestly, man, I want to see what the villains look like. We know mm-hmm. what Batman looks like now. Show us what these villains are going to look like. Do you think they'll have like an Arkham style look? Because the Arkham style game, even though like they play, their villains are very, they have, they're not comic book looking. They could look like an actual person um, living in a real world, even though they're a little weird looking. But do you think they would kind of revolve around an actual being that's not, you know, that doesn't look completely like a penguin, but has mannerisms of a penguin? Dan. That's a great Dan question. Okay. I don't I don't know, man. Shay, what do you think? Um I think they'll probably stick with a more realistic tone, but uh I mean I'm just I'm curious because I want to see what his suit looks like without a red filter on it, so that'd be nice. Um I just want to kind of get an idea as to what the Batmobile looks like. I, if they show us footage or not, which I mean, you know, it's possible. I'm I'm just I wanna know what the tone of the film is because you know, we have you know, set shots and we have that video that was released with the suit, but the tone could be still completely different. That's kind of what I want to get an idea of. Yeah. I just, I know, um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Who plays Batman again? Robert Pattinson. Robert Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. I know Robert Pattinson a couple of months ago says in an article saying, I have not worked out for Batman (laughs) yet because I know they put a postpone (laughs) on, on, um, during COVID and all that. And I just hope that he, his performance, not just his acting, but his like look is, looks like Batman. I don't want no skinny dude in armor. I want Batman and Batman is, you can't be Batman without some muscle mass. And we need that on Robert Pattinson, but looking at his previous movies, he looks a little lanky. I think he was just trolling people, man, in all honesty, with, with a lot of what he was saying. Better come um, out ripped. <laughs> he's just going to come out just totally, totally <laughs> yoked for this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking for I hope they show some, some uh, little teaser and maybe, you know, we'll see Catwoman arrive. There's also going to oh, be Aquaman, be Shazam. There's also a bunch of TV stuff as well. So you got Superman and Lois, Doom Patrol, um dc legends of tomorrow there's quite a bit of content um do you have any like surprise anything that you would want to see that would that's a surprise that hasn't been announced at the fandom Shay? Uh, you know I, I think when when I, what I'm looking forward to the most right now, besides the movie stuff, is is the games. I want to know what WWE Montreal is working on. I want to know what the Suicide Squad game is. Um, I'm actually curious to see if they're going to address at all anything DCEU basic. Is this like, okay, guys, we're not doing that anymore. 
these are the film, this is how it's going to go because this is their first real event that they've done. So they kind of, I want them to bring it in a way where they clear the air. I also would love to know, is Henry Cavill still Superman? And is he coming back as Superman in another film? That'd be great to know. That's kind of what I want to walk out of this going. I think my expectations are a little too high for that, but that's just kind of what I want. Daniel? Yeah, that'd be that'd be great to see. Honestly, yeah. I'm I'm hoping for this movie, I'm hoping to see some surprises. That's 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 the big thing for me. Like I want like if they drop a Superman movie announcement, that'd be amazing. There's some still some things on the on the schedule that are saying, oh, surprise announcement or this announcement. Like we don't have a have an like a a title for it yet i just want to know what what we could be looking forward to as fans of dc what it's going to look like the next few years for us you know we have a a solid idea of what the next five years as marvel fans are going to be but let's let's have something to look forward to on the dc end as well yeah i'm in the same boat i would love to see a surprise like last after the last um i think harley quinn ends off the show at 8 35 what you know that one thing let's 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 announce superman um the sequel i guess it would be the sequel i don't know the third yeah. movie or, yeah, the sequel but yeah and his villain is brainiac who knows that would be Ooh. fantastic um but yeah i'm looking forward to phantom i this is probably one of the my biggest um events this year and i'm looking forward to seeing what they announce and maybe see some really cool trailers, you know, just get me yeah, out of this we'll, we'll, <laughs> mindset. We'll definitely have a lot of trailers next week to talk about. So looking forward to, to diving into all of those next week for sure. Let's go on to trivia. So have you guys watched the fandom trivia? No, sorry. The fandom trailer for all the guest appearances. Uh, I think so. Shay, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay. No, I haven't. No. Well, my trivia question is, and this is this is going to be an open answer, so there's no guessing. Well, I mean, there's no um, alphabetical uh, questionnaire. It's it's a guess. Do you mean multiple choice? Yeah, there's no multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> alphabetical <laughs> answers. <laughs> um, go on. Go on. <laughs> I fucking hate shame. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold on. <laughs> it's time. It's so getting funny. dark out here, man. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm almost gonna turn into a corpse. Oh god. <laughs> um. So my question for you guys is: How many confirmed guest appearances are going to be at? Oh. DC fandom. Oh boy. And I actually, so here's the thing on the trailer. I actually counted all the names in that freaking trailer. It took me like 10 minutes to count them, but Jeez, man. how many confirmed guest appearances will be attending DC fandom? The closest number wins. Okay. I'm going to go with 150. I'm going to go with 300. Cool. And the correct answer <laughs> is 321 confirmed oh, guest shoot. appearances. Oh, wow. DC fandom. All yeah, right. Based on the trailer, and I counted all the names, and these are actors, 
directors, writers, uh, comic book writers, comic book artists. That's how many people are going to be showing up for the DC fandom event um, on August 22nd. So, Daniel, you did get it right. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. Congrats, uh, Daniel. I want to thank, I want to thank my Daniel. mom. And uh... and who else? No one else? Uh, I'll thank you guys. Yeah, I'll thank you, Anthony, as well, too. Um, yeah. Not, not Shay, you. though. I won't Shay. Thanks, Shay. No. Yeah, man. Right. She just makes fun of people. And they're <laughs> uh, is he struggling to say multiple choice multiple choice yeah i am struggling i was i was trying to think and i just had a brain fart anyways again thank you everyone for listening this has been the movie podcast stay tuned for our dc fandom episode happening next week where we'll actually be recording together for the first time and again i have no idea it's been so long also, don't forget to check out our socials for any updates. We'll be having our Instagram story vote on uh, most quotable quotes, as well as going into our archive and listening to our past episodes where we talk about all the different cool things in movies. Um, that has been this time with the movie podcast. And we will see you next. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.